well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you're with me on the program today. Hope that you had a good weekend. It was uh, relatively uneventful. Uh, it was the start of deer season here in uh, Central Virginia. <laughs> uh, did not get a chance to go out and do any uh, hunting at all myself, but uh, did see a couple of bucks out on the uh, road yesterday in the back of pickup trucks as uh, my wife and I were heading back home from uh, Farmville. Uh, I also have a dog that uh, freaks out not only every time there's thunder or a loud truck on the drive or uh, you know on the uh, road of our driveway, but uh, yeah, gunshots too. So we were out uh, walking the dogs yesterday morning, and uh, she was off the leash. My uh, neighbors to the south, my neighbors to the east, actually my neighbors to the west too, uh, all firing off a, a couple of shots. She wanted nothing of it, so uh, she ran back to the house. But uh, she's okay, and uh, I think I think it was a, a good weekend for my neighbors. So hopefully it was a good weekend for you too. Uh, listen, we're going to talk about something that appeared over the weekend in the New York Times here in just a second. But before we do, we do need to talk about this for a second. Biden's America. It is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch. Be next time you go to the grocery store, as I did this weekend. Digital dollar could be coming out of the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that is why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. Now, over the weekend, we uh, saw a big story from the New York Times. And this is, uh, you know, I, I, I've been around long enough to uh, to know that this is the start of a, a bigger push here starts with a uh, you know big story in the New York Times or the Washington Post or the LA Times. Uh, from there, you see uh, lawmakers. Oh, we got to do something about this gun control groups. Oh, can you believe what the New York Times just said? And then the ball starts rolling for some sort of policy prescription here, right? So here's the headline: Army ammunition plant is tied to mass shootings across the United States. The site was built for the military, but commercial sales are booming with little public accountability. Rounds have been bought by murderers, anti-government groups, and others. So again, already the spin is fierce here, right? Talking about the Lake City Ammo Plant, uh, which is owned by the Army, uh, but for years now has been run by private contractors. Uh, and the deal is... Um, the army says, all right, listen, if we need ammo, you make that ammo for us first. And if we don't need ammo, then you can make ammo for the commercial market, whether it is private citizens, whether it's law enforcement, whether it's foreign countries. Uh, but we come first. And the army says, look, we save money. Um, if we do need uh, all of a sudden a bunch of ammo, we don't have to ramp up production lines that have been idle. We don't have to hire workers. That takes time, right? We've got a facility right there that we can say, Flip that switch, these rounds go to us and not to the commercial market. But of course, to the New York Times, 
this is the opportunity. I, I, I think for the New York Times, this is the opportunity for a government intervention. But we'll, we'll get into that in, in just a little bit. Uh, here's a portion of the New York Times story. Uh, they know the vast majority of Lake City rounds sold by retailers have gone to law-abiding citizens, from hunters and farmers to target shooters. Some are drawn to them because they're made with the same materials and often the same specifications as the militaries, while others see them as an authentic accessory for their tactical weapons and gear. I think, by the way, this tries a little too hard to make these rounds, you know, oh my gosh, there's something different or unique about them. No, not really. Same 223, 556 rounds that, uh, you know, it's just made there at Lake City. And they've got a reputation, I think, for good quality. But the New York Times says uh, more than 1 million pages of search warrants Police evidence logs, ballistic reports, forfeiture records, and court proceedings compiled by the Times provide a sweeping accounting of how Lake City ammunition, once intended for war, has also cut a criminal path across towns and cities in nearly all 50 states. Now, again, you can see how this is starting to take shape, right? Well, this is a government facility. By God, what are they doing making rounds for civilians anyway? These, these, this ammo plant is supposed to be making uh, rounds for weapons of war, not battlefield-style AR-15s. Um, the New York Times notes the Defense Department argues that the public-private partnership is necessary for national security. Doug Bush, an assistant secretary of the Army in charge of acquisitions, said in a statement, we don't maintain and or improve our ammo plants because it's economical to do so. We do it to ensure that we have government-owned production capacity for military-specific items that we can surge in case of a conflict, a Defense Department official in a statement said, quote, commercial utilization brings lower costs to the Army and taxpayer and keeps a skilled workforce better positioned to respond to surge requirements. The official said that a 2021 study found that the government received a 10 to 15 percent discount on ammunition by allowing commercial sales, which, of course, the New York Times then wants to contrast. Right. Is it really worth that savings? If ammo produced at this facility has been traced back to mass shootings or armed robberies or, again, criminal misuse of firearms. And obviously, the takeaway you're supposed to have is, well, absolutely not. Those things would stop or at least be dramatically reduced or at least the government wouldn't have a role to play, right, if Lake City wasn't producing ammo that, uh, well, in part, was meant for the civilian market. While the New York Times story does not feature any specific call to action from any gun control groups, that's not unusual either. When you've got a sort of long-term campaign, like I suspect this is, you put the information out there, right? You supposedly give interested parties, again, uh, politicians, gun control groups, time to digest this information uh, and then come up with a response. So there was a quote from a... Um, individual who is on every town's advisory board uh, in this uh, New York Times story uh, whose child was killed in Marjorie Stoneman Douglas uh, a shooting at uh, Parklander in Parklander, Florida. And that individual said, you know, listen, I, 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 he would have gotten his ammo somewhere else. Um, but also kind of left open the door that, yeah, yeah, but maybe there needs to be some more oversight or regulation, things of that nature. And this isn't really the first time. They, in fact, they hint as well in this New York Times story, uh, about some sort of legislative response. They say last year, as the Senate hammered out a gun control bill in response to the massacres in Buffalo and Uvalde, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, a trade group for the firearms industry, warned that the Army might stop commercial production in Lake City. 
that would, quote, potentially choke off over 30% of the ammunition used on AR-15-style rifles by law-abiding citizens, Larry Keene, an executive from the organization, wrote on its website. In response to the concerns, Representative Sam Graves, whose district includes the Lake City area, led dozens of lawmakers in demanding that the Biden administration leave the production untouched. They wrote in a letter, this blatantly infringes on the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution by limiting law-abiding gun owners' ability to legally purchase or use lawful semi-automatic rifles. A White House spokesman responded on social media, denied such a plan, and later so did the Defense Department. Um, okay. Now, whether or not you want to believe the White House, that's that's up to you. But I don't think Larry Keene would have just uh, come up with this idea. And boy, I'd hate to see, you know, theoretically here, imagine what happened if they did that. I, I think that there was some scuttlebutt going around that that might have been one of the topics uh, up for discussion in what became the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. Didn't make the uh, final go round, um, but my guess is it was a part of the initial discussions as they were, you know, brainstorming. What can we do? What do we? What can we get away with? How far can we go? That this was one of the items that was up for grabs at least for a little while. Again, until you saw this response, <clears throat> excuse me, from lawmakers that uh, maybe made the uh, Biden administration realize, all right, listen, if we want to get this bill across the finish line, uh, we're going to have to do some baby steps here. And maybe that is a bridge too far. However, now that the New York Times has run this story, I expect that we will once again have a, a renewed debate. And this time, I think it's probably going to be a little bit more public than it was last time uh, about either limiting the uh, Lake City facility uh, to produce only rounds for military, perhaps law enforcement, uh, or uh, even a step further, right? Uh, shutting down the uh, the Lake City facility entirely. Maybe they go a little bit more modest and they just want more oversight and controls. I don't know what those would look like. But it's pretty clear that the target has now been painted on a Lake City by the New York Times. And as I said, I've, I've, <laughs> I've covered the Second Amendment long enough to know what generally happens when a big paper or a you know network news uh, organization comes out with a big story like this. It's not meant to be a one-day story. It's not meant to be a blip uh, on the radar and then go away. This is meant to be the start of a sustained effort to change something to change the status quo. And in this case, the status quo is the fact that Lake City manufactures ammunition, not only for the military, not only for law enforcement, but for civilians as well. And that is something that the New York Times, and I imagine, again, anti-gun politicians and the gun control groups are going to be spending more time talking about uh, in the near future. <clears throat> and part of this, I think, is you know because they are put on their back foot by Bruin and by Heller and by McDonald. Uh, you know, bans on handguns off the table, bans on semi-automatic long guns, I think, are off the table, despite uh, what the Seventh Circuit recently said. Well, these aren't guns that are protected by the Second Amendment in the first place. I don't think that argument is going to uh, hold sway at the Supreme Court when a, uh, a semi-auto ban case actually makes its way to SCOTUS. So I think that they're looking at ways to limit gun ownership. 
Um, and if they can't limit the ownership of firearms, well, then maybe we can make the ammo harder to get, more expensive to purchase, right? Maybe we can price some people out of their Second Amendment rights, at least when it comes to uh, owning a modern sporting rifle. Uh, sure, you might be able to buy one, but you're not going to be able to take it to the range because, you know, the rounds are going to be too expensive for you to use. Uh, and again, maybe just harder to find. You know, one of the things that uh, we'll be following up on our end is uh, checking in with gun stores across the country over the next couple of days to see if this has prompted uh, any sort of run on ammunition. Uh, we do know that over the past month or so, uh, in response to the Hamas terror attacks in Israel, uh, that we've seen an increase in gun sales here, um, I would imagine that you'd see an increase, a, a corresponding increase in ammo sales at the same time. So it may be that ammo availability is already mm, a little bit uh, tougher than it was a couple of months ago. Uh, but we'll see if this prompts a run on ammo uh, going forward in the next couple of days as well. But keep your eyes on what's going on with this uh, situation here. And particularly, uh, you know, keep your eyes out for any word from gun control groups mentioning Lake City, uh, anti-gun politicians, again, calling for changes to be made. This is not going to stop with one New York Times story. Uh, and I believe that ammo is now in the crosshairs of the anti-gunners. All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. Start there with the case out of Illinois. Gotta love this headline. Man throws up on a stolen gun while running too hard from officers in Zion. Yeah. Cardio is so important. You know, I mean, not just when you're running from the police, but certainly when you're running from law enforcement. It's important to have that endurance, that stamina. Police responded to a call of uh, teenagers prowling around homes in Zion. Led to uh, several suspects fleeing officers. One of the suspects running so hard he uh, threw up onto his gun from the uh, uh, Lake and McHenry County scanner. It was uh, a week ago. It was last Sunday, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Zion Police Department responding to a, a suspicious person's call. Residents from a home had called 911 to report three teenage males prowling around other residences. At least one of them appeared to be armed with a handgun. When officers arrived in the area, they were able to detain one of the suspects for investigation, but the other two fled on foot. A, a resident approximately 50 minutes later said, hey, um, yeah, there's somebody hiding in my shed. You might want to come take a look. So uh, officers responded. They located 18-year-old Gavin Butler Johnson of Waukegan, Illinois, ended up arresting him. Uh, according to Zion Police, Butler Johnson found in possession of a loaded Springfield Armory 1911 .45 caliber handgun that had been reported stolen out of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Lake County Assistant State's Attorney Dino Catris said that vomit was found on the gun. Butler Johnson admitted to running from police moments earlier, said that he ran so hard he puked. Uh, he also said that uh, the prosecutor said that Butler Johnson is on pretrial release. Now, check this out. Pretrial release for a pending petition to revoke probation in a prior case. So. He was originally charged, I guess, last year with uh, aggravated unlawful use of a weapon in Lake County um, and was sentenced to probation. And officers, I, I don't know, it's unclear whether or not officers are trying to revoke his probation or whether a, a prosecutor is trying to revoke his probation because of this arrest last Sunday or if they were already in the process of trying to have his probation revoked because of other alleged criminal offenses that he's been involved with since he received probation for unlawful use of a weapon 
last year. Now he is facing three more counts of uh, aggravated unlawful use of a weapon. Prosecutors filed a petition to detain Butler Johnson until trial, calling him a, quote, real and present danger. Uh, They also sought to revoke his pretrial release for the case that he's on probation for. Uh, His attorney, Gregory uh, Nikitas, says his client denies possessing the gun, uh, but does admit to running from officers. I guess maybe the gun was just there in the shed when he puked on it. I don't know. I mean, I, I boy, you got to think the DNA evidence in this case is uh, pretty strong. Anyway, uh, Judge uh, Theodore uh, Potkonjic granted the uh, prosecutor's petitions last week, remanded Butler Johnson to the Lake County Jail. We'll see how long that sticks, but uh, yeah, probably uh, longer than the vomit on his uh, hoodie and the gun allegedly found in his possession. All right, uh, on to today's Armed citizen story. And I got to tell you, you know, this is the opposite of what we just were talking about with the New York Times. The New York Times takes, you know, a story that is kind of a nothing burger, right? One of the largest producers of ammunition in the country has sold ammunition that, yes, unfortunately, has been involved in some heinous crimes. And then blowing that into a much bigger deal, right? This is the opposite. And we see this all the time with armed citizen stories. This is from the Shelby, North Carolina Star. Oh, wrong headline. Let's do this one. Shelby police say two men shot following altercation. Now, there is not word one about this altercation or the shootings involving an act of self-defense. But that, in fact, is what happened, according to police. Two men were hospitalized after an altercation last Monday resulted in one man pulling out a gun shooting another man, and then a woman coming to the injured man's defense, according to uh, police in Shelby, North Carolina. Captain Seth Treadway uh, said that uh, Uterio Jolly went to a uh, home around 6 p.m. last Monday, got into a verbal altercation with another man. Uh, Treadway says they then kind of go their separate ways. And about a half hour after Ontario shows up with a gun, about a half hour, I guess, uh, uh, Ontario shows up with a gun again, shoots the man in the face and the shoulder. Right after he does that, Treadway says, a concerned citizen shoots back, trying to protect the man, and hits Jolly about five times. She shoots him five times. Uh, At last report, Jolly listed in critical but stable condition in Charlotte, North Carolina. The other man suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Treadway said that Jolly had been determined to be the aggressor. Warrants have been obtained for felony assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill, inflicting serious injury, firearm by a felon, and assault by pointing a gun. Uh, Treadway said, I do not expect any charges on the person that returned fire. He said the woman had a legally issued concealed handgun permit. She was acting in defense of others. Uh, so again, she would not be facing any charges here. Now, there's nothing wrong with the reporting from the Shelby Star. Uh, very informative. They don't downplay the uh, self-defense angle. But again, the self-defense angle or defense of others angle is, is completely absent in the headline. You would have no idea, just scanning that headline, that uh, the woman in question here acted in defense of others and that one of the two people who were shot was shot, according to the police, in a justifiable use of force. And again, I, you know, based we don't know a whole lot of information. Uh, and I haven't seen any follow-ups from the Shelby Star. But this could very well be one of those types of cases that is compelling enough that it should be more than local news, right? Even statewide news in North Carolina, which I don't think has been the case. I don't even think the uh, News and Observer in Charlotte has picked up on this story. 
But here you have a, a, a legally armed woman coming to the aid of a man who had been shot, stopping a threat that could have continued. More people could have been injured. We don't know what happened. But uh, again, almost no reporting on this whatsoever. And the reporting that has been done, at least at first glance, uh, downplays the defensive gun use aspect into, well, nothingness. Uh, today's good deed of the day. Kind of give you a preview there by a flash in the headline. Neighbors saved man from a burning house in Richford. This, uh, again, a, a scary situation in uh, New York, excuse me, uh, Richford, Vermont, uh, where officials confirmed that a neighbor pulled a man to safety after a fire started in his home. By the time that crews arrived, he had already been extricated from the house. Uh, the uh, fire chief in uh, Richford says the homeowner was alone inside at the time of the fire, and uh, two men, described as neighbors, apparently saw the smoke, uh, alerted him, and were able to get him out of the home. The home, unfortunately, a total loss, uh, but no life uh, lost, thanks again to the quick thinking and the fast actions of these neighbors there in Richford, Vermont. Officials say the man appeared to be in good condition, uh, thankfully, even though his home is not. And I, I'm just guessing here that the uh, men who saved uh, their neighbor and that community going to be rallying around him as he tries to uh, piece his life back together. At least I certainly hope that that is the case. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, I will tell you tomorrow, uh, Stephen Gatowski of The Reload is going to be stopping by and spending some time with us. So be sure to check that out. Also, be sure to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. We're keeping you up to date on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. And if you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a VIP or VIP member as well. All you have to do, go to BarryandArms.com slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories analysis that matter, because your support matters a great deal too. So thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your uh, Monday, as well as one can enjoy the start of a work week, I suppose. We'll see you back here tomorrow for 2A Tuesday. Until then, be well, be safe and be free.